Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would anoint your servant to help your people right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the majestic and awesome, holy name of Jesus, help me help your people. Love on your people today. Build them, strengthen them, teach them. And God, as we would pray for people at the end of the service, may your grace and anointing, may your presence so come so strong, God, that people would would leave this place knowing that they met God. Oh, Jesus, we need you. And everybody said, come on, high five three people. Tell them they look good. Thank you, worship team. Last week, we began a message really to, ex- uh, to kick off or expand on the, the theme of our year, which is expand. And we talked about new sight, new season. New sight, you and I need new sight for a new season. And I want to talk to you today about new sight but new integrity. New season, sorry, new integrity. You don't just need fresh revelation of God. You actually, you and I need new or increased integrity. How many of you would like to be able to trust more people? Anyone? How many of you would love to be able to trust more people with your home, your car, your wallet, your kids, education systems and and political systems and all kinds of stuff? And isn't it amazing that many times it is easy to want a more trustworthy uh, culture, a trustworthy world without actually having to deal with yourself? Isn't it so that sometimes we would love other people to be amazing, but when someone preaches to you about perhaps becoming more honest, you'd be like, well, I'd rather not. Um, How many of you would love to live in a more generous world? But how many of you know that when I preach to you about generosity, that may not feel as good? It's a tough one, isn't it? Isn't that a weird concept? I just want to delve down to that for a second. We want the world to be more loving. But sometimes when someone perhaps is challenging us or encouraging us or teaching us on becoming more loving, we're not as excited. When I talk to you about, wouldn't it be incredible if the world was just generous? You just look, oh my goodness, that would be incredible. And then all of a sudden the tithe and offering bucket goes by and go, oh, not this time. Not this time, like, like later. Do you know what I'm saying? And Isaiah has a, a view of God. His eyes are open to God. He has a revelation of God. The Holy Spirit opens his eyes that he might see the Lord and he sees him high and lifted up. He sees him in a holy place. He sees him as the king. He sees the glory of God. And the Bible says that he sees it so clearly that he literally sees three angels. And those three angels, these seraphim, are going around the, 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 the throne and they are crying one to another, holy, holy. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and the whole earth is filled with His glory. And then He has a revelation. And the Bible says He has a revelation, and He says this, Woe is me. Some will say, Woe. Woe. Some will say, Woe is me. me. He understands in a moment 
that all of a sudden when he sees the beauty and the majesty and the purity of heaven, he understands that all of a sudden he is not as pure as he thought he was. He understands that in that moment, he sees God, that all of a sudden, not just his revelation of God has increased, but now his personal integrity is actually lacking. He has kind of come up short, and what's weird is he's a prophet. He is a prophet. He is a man of faith. He is a man of God. He is known in that time to be a preacher. So in other words, he is known as being a prophet of God or a preacher of God, but what's interesting is God has yet to purify his lips. God has yet to really deal with him on a particular thing, and we don't know if Isaiah has a cussing problem. We don't know if he just likes to talk bad about people. We don't not know if he just likes to stretch the truth. We don't know any of these things, but here's what we know. When he sees God, all of a sudden he realizes that he has to change. I want to tell you tonight that God wants to reveal it so that he can remove it, so that he can restore it. God wants to reveal something in your world so that he can remove something in your world, so that he can restore something in your world, so that you can become a rebuilder of other people's worlds in Jesus' name. Hear that again. God wants to reveal it, not so he shames you, not so he guilts you, not so you come to church and hang your head low, not because of those things. He wants to reveal it. He wants you to see it with clarity so that he can remove it. The removal part may not be as pretty, but understand that God is the one who wants to do it. And he wants to do it so that he will restore you. And when he restores you, you become a restorer of other people. Do you hear me now? I remember many years ago, uh, actually it was right before my wife and I got engaged, I was looking at engagement rings and so forth in Australia. And, and uh, how many know that when you, you, guys know nothing about diamonds and then you go to a store and then they give you this education and it's called cut, clarity and color and carrot. The four C's or the four K's, however they say it, of, of diamond buying. And you know nothing about it. But before, if you go to now seven different stores, all of a sudden you become an expert in color and cut and clarity and carrots. And all of a sudden you can go, yes, I want this size and this color and this and so forth. And I am talking to one man. And my wife had told me, or not my wife, my girlfriend at the time, had told me, I want a certain type of ring. I want a certain type. I want this one. I want this one and so forth. And just... <laughs> So I'm like, so you want $100,000, is that right? <laughs> no, no, she didn't. Um, I was like, one day, baby, one day. But anyway, she told me she wanted a certain type of ring, and, and it was actually kind of a rare ring at that time. It, wasn't, um, it was called filigree. And so anyway, she showed me a, uh, this man showed me a filigree ring. Problem with the ring was he shows it to me, and I'm looking at the diamond, I'm looking at it, and all of a sudden, in the side, you could see what they call an inclusion. Now, inclusions, you're only meant to be able to see with one of those little things. You kind of put them on your eye. And you feel like Dr. Spock or something. And you're looking at the diamond. You can see some issues if you put it like here and so forth. But the problem with this ring, and that was the one my wife wanted, was that if you just looked at the side, there was actually a significant inclusion in the ring. And I look at the diamond seller and I look at him and go, there's, there's, there's a big mark in the side. 
and you're not meant to be able to see any mark with your naked eye. You're not meant to be able to see problems. You're meant to, that was just, you're meant to put on your little funny thing. But I was seeing it, there was problems with it as I was looking from the side. And I said, hey, there's, a, there's a kind of a large line here. And he looks at it and he goes, I don't see it. You don't see it. You don't see the black line. He's like, I don't see it. He looked at it, looked at me like, I don't see it. <laughs> Gave him back the diamond and just walked out of the store. <laughs> Why? He was trying to sell me something that wasn't right. He was a liar. If I was an angel of the Lord, I would have struck him right then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would have opened his eyes and all of a sudden he would have said, Woe is me, I am a liar. <laughs> you and I are often like that diamond. Incredible potential. Incredible beauty. God loves us and God has put incredible value on us. But sometimes, haven't you found that you can look at your own life and go... There's an inclusion. I see it. <laughs> and sometimes you got to look at some people and you're going to look a little closer. And other times you got to take a little microscope. But you and I have inclusions. And how many of you know that God wants to deal with the inclusions? God wants the, the type of diamond that you are to become a more significant diamond, a more valuable diamond. God wants that diamond that you are, your character, who you say you are. He wants it to become more valuable. Am I preaching to anyone? You see, the reason that God deals with you and me about different things in our life is not so that He can shame us, but He can reveal it so that He can remove it, so that He can restore it. And when He restores it, you become a restorer and a rebuilder of other people. But if you don't deal with the inclusions, some people are going to look at you and go, you just fake. The challenge of Christianity sometimes isn't that you say you love Jesus, right? Sometimes the challenge of Christianity is that you say you love Jesus, but someone else is looking at your life and going, but what about that inclusion? And you are bypassing the process of allowing God to deal with your heart and deal with your mind. Are you with me, Church Alive? See, God wants to take His Word and His Spirit and His church and He wants to use them sometimes almost like a sandpaper in your life. Not so that life is hard, but that you become more excellent. And the prophet Isaiah has a moment where he sees God and it's like the light of heaven is shining into His diamond and then he says woe is me he sees the inclusion he sees it but what I love about it is they don't leave him there the angels come up and they bring tongs from the altar they literally bring fire to his lips and the Bible says they touch his lips with fire and it says it cleans it but then it says two interesting things. It says your sin is atoned for. 
And then it says your guilt is taken away. See, we need heaven's fire to touch our lives so that it cleans it. And it says your sin is atoned for. Your guilt is taken away. The job of the blood of Jesus Christ is to actually remove your guilt. The job of bad preaching just points out your faults. Bad religion. The Pharisees were amazing at pointing out everyone's problems. And a religious spirit will always point out every one of your faults and every one of your failures. But it will never help you along the journey. But the difference between a religious spirit and grace is grace will sometimes show you what, what is at fault, but it will help you change. See, sometimes you need to see your potential in God, but sometimes you need to see your problems. How many of you know that sometimes you need to see your potential? Your potential is unlimited in God. Your potential is amazing in God. Your potential is you can literally perform miracles. Your potential is you can be a vessel of God. Your potential. Your potential is that the God of heaven can flow through your life. And actually you can be a miracle to someone. You can be a vessel where you give money to people and they say you are an answer to their prayer. You can pray for people and you can be the vessel. You can share your story and be the vessel. Sometimes you need to see your potential because that's the thing that encourages you to keep on going. You are no longer Simon. You are Peter. When he says you're no longer Simon, he doesn't beat him for being Simon. He says you are Peter. He literally just changes his name. What he could have done was go, you are a you are reed, tossed to and fro. You move around. You shift. You No, he doesn't. He says, you are no longer Simon the reed, but you are Peter the rock. But what's interesting is later, Jesus looks at the same man who is Peter and says, I rebuke you, Satan. In other words, you have an inclusion in your diamond. It's called the devil. You've allowed a large inclusion to jump into your diamond. And what's shining out is not the diamond, but the devil. Are you with me? How many of you need to hear that you have potential sometimes? I need to hear that sometimes. I need to hear that I have potential. What's potential? Potential is encouragement. Potential is you can do great things. I need to hear that. What about you? I do. I need to hear that I can do it. How about you? I need to hear sometimes like, Anthony, you're going to do it. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then sometimes I need to hear, Anthony, you ain't doing it. How many need to hear some encouragement sometimes like, you can. But then sometimes, how many of you need to hear like, you ain't. You got potential, but you are underestimating your potential. You are living under your potential. You are dabbling with things that are below the very nature and character of God. And you are made in the image of God and in the likeness of God. And you are made to reflect the Father. I am made to reflect the Father. And so if I'm made to reflect the Father, then guess what? Sometimes the Holy Spirit has to point out my inclusion 
Can you slap your neighbor and say, what's your inclusion? <laughs> now, if you're married, you're just like, you don't have one, baby. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. It's, good. it's all good. Let the Holy Spirit point out your inclusion, but I won't tell you, you know. <laughs> I was praying recently for our church. For some reason, I was just praying generally for our church. And I felt like God gave me a picture of someone in our church that I know quite well. And I felt like God showed me a picture of a man in our church. And I felt like God gave me a picture that this man was holding kryptonite. Which means he has potential. Which means actually he is powerful. Which means actually the Spirit of God is in him and on him and can work through him like Superman. But when Superman gets around kryptonite, he gets weaker than an ordinary man. So I grabbed lunch with a friend. I was like, hey. Hi, how you doing? You watched Superman recently? Oh, I was about to just drop it right there. <laughs> New definition, drop it like it's hot. <laughs> As I was having lunch... And there was no other way to say it. You just had to bust into the conversation. We were just doing small talk. And then finally, I was like, hey, I was praying. And I saw a picture of you and you're holding kryptonite. And I said to him, I don't know what it is, but I reckon you do. And when I first said it, I'm not sure he knew exactly what he meant. But I reckon within about 60 seconds, you start to go, well, it could be this one. Kryptonite is killing you. What are you holding? What kryptonite are you holding? What kryptonite is in your character? What kryptonite does God want to deal with and take away from you that is sapping your strength, ladies in here, men in here? What kryptonite perhaps are you holding, church alive? Is there a kryptonite that you are holding that is limiting your God-given potential? That is holding you back? Isaiah was holding a kryptonite. It was called a potty mouth. And the fire of God and the fire of heaven had to come from heaven and literally touch his lips and change his life. And I don't need to go in and list all kinds of different things, but I, I wonder today what you are holding, if there's something you are holding that is kryptonite in your life. Because I want to say this, as we expand in God and we focus on God, God's bigness and God's goodness fills our life and our mind. But can I say this, if we are to expand as a church, let us not just expand in God, which is great, but if we are truly to expand in God, let us expand in personal integrity. Because aren't you sick of trusting people that can't be trusted aren't you sick of sometimes putting faith in people that are unfaithful wouldn't it be amazing world if we were all trustworthy wouldn't it be incredible world if we were all faithful oh you act like I'm preaching to someone else I'm not I'm preaching to you today are you with me church alive I said are you with me church alive wouldn't it be amazing if everyone was trustworthy wouldn't it be incredible world? Hear me now, it would be a different world. So why don't you be the difference? Why don't you be trustworthy? The grace of God 
covers your life. The grace of God washes your sin away. But the grace of God is to empower you and me to live differently. The grace of God is to forgive and cleanse and restore you. But the grace of God takes us from one type of person, as Stephen Furtick was talking about in the, in the, in the short video we watched, takes him from Jacob the deceptive to Israel the prince. And so God wants to take your life and my life and he wants to reveal things, to remove them, to restore them, so that you don't just restore you, you restore others. Come on, Church Alive, am I preaching to you today? See, I like the fact that, honestly, it got a little quiet in church. I believe in encouraging church. I believe in an encouraging experience. I think you should shout amen. I think you should shout preacher tonight. I think there should be encouragement and the house of God should be the most encouraging place in the world. But sometimes good preaching isn't amen preaching. Sometimes good preaching is, ooh. Because if you are always saying amen, do you think I'm preaching to you or someone else? Because when I said to my friend, you are holding kryptonite, he didn't say, amen, preacher. He went, ooh. When a doctor sits across from you from a desk and he has to tell you some things that are wrong, if you have skin cancer and he says, we've got to cut this thing off, you don't say, amen, doctor, that's good preaching. You say, ooh, that's not good. Because afterwards, you then go and deal with the skin cancer, and then later you can go and hug the doctor and say, thank you for pointing out skin cancer. Sometimes the preacher hurts you before he helps you. Sometimes the Word of God slaps you before later you're like, I needed that slap. How many of you, how many of you, when you were young little kids, mom and dad whacked you? Come on, put your hands up proud and just be like, yeah, yeah. How many of you deserved it? <laughs> how many of you even thank God they did? <laughs> Some of you are, I'm not sure. Now, I, again, I ain't, I ain't talking about abuse and your parents went a little weird on you, okay? I'm not talking about, I'm talking about healthy kind of discipline, like healthy little butt whooping, like grabbed a little spoon and just pow, 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 pow. You're like, oh, one day my mom just threw a shoe at me kind of thing, you know? Why? I was old enough that she couldn't smack me no more. You know when you're bigger than your mom and your mom is just like, right, I don't know what to do. So she just grabbed a shoe and just threw it at me, you know? But I'm glad my parents smacked me. How about you? Why? You needed it. You're selfish now. Could you imagine how selfish you would be if your parents didn't just beat you from time to time? Man, that's good preaching. Are you with me, Church Alive? See, sometimes we're in America, we're like, do we believe in that anymore? Yes, the devil is a liar. You can delete that off our videos later. 
someone from Canada will watch and be like, we're going to sue you. Why do you thank God that your parents smacked you? Why? Because you needed it. You needed it. I needed it. See, either smack me or kill me. So I'd rather you smack me. God wants to reveal things, to remove things. He wants to remove things, to restore things. He doesn't want to stop there. He wants to restore things and make you hear me now. When God makes restoration in you, he makes you a restorer. Isaiah 61 says, they shall rebuild the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the the former desolated streets. It is a beautiful picture of simply someone that is forgiven, someone that is healed, someone that is whole, now becomes a person that now builds. Are you with me, church? If we're going to expand in God, expand in our focus, fix our focus, focus on God. But if we'll do that well, God will deal with you about something. Not to condemn you, not to shame you, but to take away your guilt and say your sin is atoned for. The word atonement is really the the message of the whole entire Bible. The Bible is a book about atonement. It is a book about someone purchasing something so special through the cross. And you have been atoned by Jesus. Are you with me, Church Alive? Come on, let's have the worship team to come back. And I want us to pray for a moment and Ask some people, if you've never received Jesus, we're going to take a moment to receive Jesus, but then we're going to open it up for our anointing service or our anointing part of the service so that every single person who wants prayer can get prayer. Come on, bow your head with me. Close your eyes. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here right now. And I thank you, Lord, that you do not reveal things To condemn us, you reveal things to remove it, but to restore it. I pray now that you would move in this place. I pray now, Lord God, that you would speak to your sons and speak to your daughters. I pray now you would flow through every person that is going to be praying for people today. I pray now that you would help people's minds and people's hearts as they come forward to not be open to man, but just be open to God and open to all that He wants to do and to say to them. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to ask you a quick question. Has the blood of Jesus Christ removed all of your sin? When Jesus died on a cross, He didn't pay the price for some of your mistakes and some of my mistakes. He paid the price for every mistake, every sin, every rebellious act it is the gift of atonement that God has 
forgiven you and given me? Has He forgiven you? Has He cleansed you? If you are here today and you would say, Pastor Anthony, I don't know if I know Jesus, I want to invite you to say a simple prayer. And that prayer would connect you to the greatest person to ever live. His name is Jesus. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Anthony, I've said that before, but I have run away from Him. I know I'm far away from God. Today, I want to say a simple prayer that would reconnect you back to the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He knocks at the door of your heart. He desires to come in your life. He wants to come in to to remove some things, but to restore some things. He wants to forgive you and He will respond to your heart, to your prayer, to your faith right here and right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer and that prayer will connect you to the person of Jesus as a whole Church Alive family. Why don't we say this prayer together? Dear Jesus, I thank you for the gift of atonement. I thank you for forgiving the sin of the world. But I ask that you would forgive my sin. Would you take away my guilt? Would you make me new? I ask you to be the Lord of my life. From this day, I confess God is my Father, Jesus my Lord, the Holy Spirit my help, the house of God my house, my Christians, fellow brothers. In Jesus' name, may I never be the same. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. If you meant business with God, on the count of three, would you quickly just let me know? One, two, three, all across this place. Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else? Just quickly raise your hand. Thank you, honey. Anyone else? Just quickly raise your hand. You're either saying yes to Jesus or you're coming back to Jesus. Thank you, honey. Anyone else? Just quickly all across this place. Thank you, mate. Awesome. Anyone else? Just quickly all across this place. Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else? Just thank you, honey. Thank you, honey. Anyone else? Just quickly, all all across this place. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I thank you for every hand. Thank you, mate. I thank you for every hand, every heart. And I pray in the awesome and majestic name of Jesus that every life, Lord, tonight would be transformed by the gift and the grace of God. Oh, I thank you for it. Now I want us to pray this simple prayer that just enables us and helps us receive from the Holy Spirit as we get prayer today. Say, dear Jesus, I know you have something good for me. So I come by faith and I ask you for whatever is in your heart for me. Take away barriers of mind and heart and experience that would make me skeptical of you. I come by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, for all those people that raised their hand, can we put our hands together for them? Come on.